Ladies and gentlemen, Elite Heat is back. And this week, oh, this one's going to stir some people up, I reckon. Kevin, is Cody Rhodes a main eventer? That is the big discussion point. That's the big, I guess, topic for the video, which we're going to go into great depth on. We're going to have a really good discussion, I feel like, on that later on. Uh, but first, you were telling me you have some some news, uh, a story that's sort of unfolding and sort of come to life about one CM Punk, Philip Jack Brooks. So I'm going to throw to you. Talk to us. What's going on? And inform myself and the listeners. What's happening? Well, you know, it's not really like a groundbreaking story about CM Punk, but Dave Meltzer spoke about him today and pretty much said that Punk could be ready to go, ready to return to the ring in April. And uh, he, according to him, there's been no attempt at forgiveness or mending the fences between, you know, the elite and CM Punk. And I guess Tony Khan, there has been a lot of discussion going on. So really, like, with that being said, do you want to see CM Punk back in AEW? Are you interested? There are thirst out there where you're like, I need to see CM Punk content. I think having him back to do some form of a program with the elite after what happened at that so infamous media scrum, I think something must surely have. If Punk returns, and we're assuming he will, that'll be AW's most must-see storyline in their history, I would say. CM Punk and the elite sometime in the summer, I'd assume. Kevin, that would be... Will you be making lots of content on that? That would be something which would be actually relevant and must-see, which is something AEW hasn't had in months, if I'm being honest. So, yeah, to me, I'd be interested if that happened. If Punk comes back and it's just him picking up right where he left off and doing another MJF storyline for five months, do you, Kevin, care to see that? Because I can't say I do. That's just, okay. Sure, if Punk just comes back to have more matches with Darby Allen and and Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, like, really? But if Punk comes back and it's a, a big-time main event storyline, which is super hated and personal with the Elite, that's money. I would care about that. I'd really want to see him back if they did that. Yeah, I mean, I would tell you what I would do if I had the pencil. If I was Tony Khan, this is how I would book it. I, I think you have to go, like, Matt Hardy and Edge for, like, 2005. Just let it all unfold on television. Let Punk, let the Elite, let them all go out there and express their frustrations and turn a work into a shoot, brother. And that's really, like, not the only way, but that'd be the best way, the best way to garner interest. That's what I would do. That's, but I think a lot of us that are listening, a lot of us that... Like, like that style of wrestling would do and a lot of people listening would want to see done. But realistically, more than likely with AEW, what we're going to get <clears throat> is a lot what you were talking about. It's going to be, okay, here's Punk versus Darby Allin. Oh, Punk versus MJF again. Punk's having a great match with Daniel Garcia on Rampage. If he does come back. And yeah, I would like to see that. Like, I'm not against that. Having CM Punk back in wrestling is good for the business overall. It's good for yep. AEW. He's their biggest star. There was a little bit of a void when CM Punk was gone. And he filled that void by coming back. I mean, yeah, you could say a lot of people would argue maybe he's past his prime. That's a whole different discussion. Mm -hmm. But nevertheless, 
CM Punk is still a big star, so I wouldn't be against him coming back, but I wouldn't be as intrigued if he just came back and was like, alright, here I am, pal. And have a great match with Anthony Agogo. Yeah, it, it would have to be <clears throat> what you pitch. With as personal and as real a storyline with the elite as possible, that's the way to go. That really is. A several-month-long hated main event storyline, which is something that, Kevin, has AW honestly had some... I mean, Punk and MJF was really good about a year and a bit ago. That was a, a genuinely interesting main event style long-term story. I'll give them that. But outside of that, has AW really done many in the past year or two big-time attention-grabbing main event programs or feuds? Because if they do this, if Punk comes back and if it's a Matt Hardy and Edge style storyline over Punk's issues with management and how they're poorly running the company and what happened at that fateful media scrum night and everything that encompasses that. The elite saying that they, they, they never liked Punk or respected him. They only brought him in because Tony Khan wanted him. Stuff like that. And they really get personal with it. Then I'd be watching AEW, particularly that segment, with a lot of interest week to week. But if they don't do that, I'll probably carry on as I'm doing right now. And the only AW stuff I'll even tune into is that like MJF car crash promo or stuff Stuff that actually jumps off the page as like eyebrow raising because elsewhere, most of what's going on, I just don't care about. Yeah, I feel a lot of the same, honestly. I mean, for me, when it comes to punk at this point, yeah, like I said, I don't think there's a real need to see CM Punk every single week on, on AEW TV, on WWE TV. I, honestly, I'd probably be more intrigued by a Punk WWE return than an AEW return at this point. I feel like he kind of worked with everyone at AEW. I mean, what was left for him to do? He worked with Moxley. He worked with MJF. He worked with Eddie Kingston. Really, like, the biggest match that we didn't get was him and Kenny Omega. And I think they're doing a disservice to their fans that they're not doing that right away upon Punk's return. Doesn't have to be for championships, doesn't have to be for anything. It could just be Punk and Kenny Omega just talking about how they feel about the other professionally. Well, that, that's... Yeah, that, that's sorry. As you say, that's the only thing that's really left of captivating interest that Punk... Not needs to do, because, I mean, the, Punk doesn't need to do anything. He's done the MJF feud. He's worked Moxley. He's had a bunch of matches with up-and-coming talent. He's cut some you know, very memorable promos in AW. He's done all that. There's been the media scrum. He's been a two-time world champion, all this. But really going forward, outside of John Moxley, what, what is there for CM Punk in AW? Oh, he can feud with Adam Cole. Oh, he can have a, a rematch with... A, ex-wrestler who wrestled on Rampage or oh, Punk feuding with Team Taz like eh. Eh. do you want to see a backstage segment where they reenact the media scrum <laughs> where, where you know you got like CM Punk chilling in the locker room eating a muffin you know you got his dog over there he's chilling with his coach then all of a sudden the elite just barge through the door and they just start fighting each other we get a pull apart you know we get like Tony Schiavone's in there they're getting thrown around by by some trainer or something. Kevin, 
if they, I, I don't even know if they could do this legally, to be honest, but if they could book that feud and have a dynamite, for instance, where Kenny Omega is literally saying one week, I've had it with this. I've had it with your lies, Phil. You're slandering us. We've we've heard this for months and months. We're going to show you. We're going to air the video next week on Dynamite of what really went down on that night of the media scrum. And then what they can do is literally air that. If they have the CCTV footage of what went down or they could reenact something or something like that, that would get, I don't know, for me, I can only speak for myself really in this case, and I don't know about you, but... I'd be like, oh my God, I'm tuning into Dynamite. Kenny's got footage. What? How are they going to progress this? What? what how's Punk going to react? What, how good's the footage? Like, is this a rib? Like, what's going on? Something like that would make me and many others tune into Dynamite. Ratings would be well over a million for that if they booked it that way. Instead, the ratings are floundering in the 800s and I, there's no buzz right now. So, yeah, they, they can do something great with this if Punk comes back, but. If not, eh. yeah, you get you get like an awful BTE clip showing on Dynamite. You got like Brandon Cutler and the Young Bucks and whoever Adam Page and the Librarian all reenacting the like, the AEW media scrum. That's awful. Oh, that'd be That's so bad. bad. It'd be so bad that people would talk about it though. It'd be like a car crash. Oh yeah. I bet he has it actually showed it, but once again, I think for just purely legal, where if it's if it was legit legally, I don't think they could do it to be honest. But right. if it was in any way a work, or they wanted to be edgy or be on the precipice of cutting edge content, that's how you do it, pal. Yeah, you get a BTE skit where like you got Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks pretending to work at Target. <laughs> 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 Yeah, I mean, this yeah. is stuff that I could realistically see happening. You got, you know, you have Kenny Omega like looking at the camera, like, ha, 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 Phil thought we couldn't run a target. <laughs> yeah, literally a whole segment of them running, like running a target as managers in Rancho in like Cucamonga. You've got the Young Bucks, you've got Kenny Omega, Brandon Cutler, they've got target outfits on. You can have like a wrestler or two come in and be like, oh, I always thought you couldn't manage a target. Now you can. Uh, <laughs> or, oh, uh, you know, you, you look like random Joe Blow, just like Dave says on Twitter. Or something. They can make funny inside jokes. But, yeah, stuff like that is, it wouldn't even be that bad. Like, that would be compelling, a bit more interesting content. I'd be tuning in, and I'm not now. So that's that'd be the main thing. Is Bron Breaker getting booed and getting the Bron Breaker sucks chance on NXT a big deal so i'll throw it over to kevin your thoughts do you think it's a big deal no is it not what do you think it's not a big deal at all i don't think it's, it's 20 people 20 of these like people that that want to be on tv they want to trend on twitter it could have been anybody in that position you could have i don't know you could have like prime kane standing there in, in the front of that nxt crowd and people would chant kane sucks or undertaker or cm punk just so they could have like this 20 minutes of fame on Twitter. That's all it was. It was, it was classic like 2014 era hijacking of the crowd. And man, NXT is taped in front of what, like 300 people. And then you got these 20 people that are booing Braun Breaker. So for those who haven't seen the segment, essentially Braun Breaker's out there. And I don't know, really know like what the formula is with NXT nowadays. It's kind of confusing. Like one minute it's... Okay, we're focusing on the future. Then the next minute, Dolph Ziggler's there. 
So I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of confused of what their overall direction is. But nevertheless, Braun Breaker's coming out, cutting a promo. He's standing there by himself in the ring. And he's getting this Braun Breaker sucks chant. Like I said, from like 15, 20 people. He's pretending to ignore it. You can't ignore it because it's so loud. It's so prevalent. You can yeah. tell it made him feel awkward. And then Jinder Mahal just comes out like 30 seconds into Braun Breaker talking. And Jinder Mahal's like mentioning the, the chance. He's like, oh, you're, you're, you're hated by a portion of the crowd. Braun. Okay. Like, cool. This segment was awful. We, we watched the whole segment. It was awful. Is that not a great wrestling segment? Jinder Mahal is now challenging Braun Breaker for the NXT title. I, I'm I'm just so confused. Like, what what is NXT doing? I, I don't get it. Yeah. Ten years ago, this company had classics with Sami Zayn and Cesaro in the middle of the card, and then they had the future of the company and like Neville and Bo Dallas main eventing. Now we yeah. got Jinder Mahal, who's six years removed from a WWE title reign, standing out there in a turtleneck sweater with a suit jacket on, yelling at Braun Breaker with two, crony, uh, two cronies behind him. I, I don't know. What, where is NXT? Where is it going? What is it doing? I don't get it. 650,000 people watch this? How? Yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to overreact. Let me just say this real quick. I don't want to overreact. But I don't know what the, what where NXT is at. Like this is what NXT 3.0, I guess technically. Now that Triple H is back in charge, I don't know what they're doing, bro. What I will say, and I agree with pretty much everything you said there. What I will say, Bron Breaker right now feels like a sitting duck for this sort of criticism and this sort of audience turning on him sort of thing because. As you say, what's what's the direction with this? I understand that they're going to try and break of us mellow hay WrestleMania weekend. That's obviously the match to go with. But for months and months, a bunch of these Bron Breaker matches, they're now doing Jinder Mahal. And as you perfectly put, the segment was uncomfortable. It was not a good segment. We watched this like literally together thinking, this is just not, this isn't good television. Jinder Mahal trying to cut these just like it was not an, an edgy promo in the sense of like a Sam Punk bomb, but he was trying to tell it like it is to Bron Breaker, really let him know the, the reality of being a champion and what, what it entails. And he referenced the crowd, then like a bunch, like 30 other marks in the crowd started barking. So I guess Bron Breaker's thing is just he barks. So that was... he has that dog in him. Okay. Okay. That's thank you for that, pal. Um, so yeah, we're watching that, and it's just yeah. So like that's how Jinder Mahal they had, you know, Ron Breaker. He's had a three hundred and thirteen day title run as the recording this video. Half of it has just been him wrestling failed main roster mid carders like Jinder Mahal now, Apollo Crews. I mean Ziggler when Ziggler he won the title off him, and there's a couple more. And then he's half the other time he's having matches against Grayson Waller, which I thought that was actually really good. The Waller and Ron Breaker stuff that felt like a legit. Grayson Waller being like, I'm better than you. I'm the, I'm the future star of the company. Half the crowd isn't there. You're, you're, you're getting lukewarm reactions. The crowd actually you know, thinks I'm cool and I'm a G and this come, I'm too good for this. Like Grayson Waller's cool. I'm not biased because he's Australian. He's actually a G. Um, but yeah, I think Bron Breakers, he was a, he's a sitting duck for stuff like this where you have 20 smarks in the audience being like, Bron Breakers, sir. You could hear just like 
obesity emanating from those chants. But anyway, anyway. Yeah, nevertheless. Oh, a- NXT. I don't know. I mean, there's no interest in the brand, like from an overall perspective. Mm. You know, it's not generating numbers on TV. There's not a whole lot of people talking about it on social media. And to think that this was the trendiest brand, right? It was like one of the most viewed, if not the most viewed thing on the WWE Network when the WWE Network first launched. And now we're just in a state where ever since it went to USA Network as like a weekly show. Yeah, I don't know. There's nothing there. I think when we look at it, NXT has not recovered. Yeah, I mean, the USA move is, yeah. I'd say that. I, I personally, though, I'd say the, the from when the pandemic era hit and NXT was running these basically indie shows, Triple H was running them in early 2020 in front of literally no one. It felt like you're watching like a garage fed, basically. I was watching that thing and this is just sad. And then people were saying 2021 was such an improvement with the Prince Finn Balor as the champion for eight months. It wasn't. That was crap. And then they rebranded it. And at the start... I made a video on it about the future and there was a lot of hype to it. But really what's happened, I feel like a lot of any buzz is pretty much just fizzled out now. Now we look at the products. Kevin, we watched that Jinder Mahal, Braun Breaker segment. And generally what I hear from people who watch this show week to week, it's sort of just kind of their television. Nothing's genuinely that captivating. They did a toxic attraction turn a few weeks ago where... One of the members basically shoot, whacked another, the other person's face into a door, that sort of thing. And it was like legit because they, they kind of botched it. There was that. The tag champions and Gallus are now the tag champions. They beat the New Day. The New Day were the tag champions for like four months because Kevin, nothing screams the future like 15 time tag team champions. Like it's, yeah, the direction's a bit, eh. I don't, I don't know really where they're going. Bron Breaker needs to be on Raw or SmackDown already. Just get it over with. He, he's outgrown NXT. Get him with Triple H's booking on the main roster, and we can have Melo Hayes running NXT, and the 600,000 people who watch it can enjoy that. What, what do you think is the, the future for, of NXT? Do you think it's just going to be on USA now with Raw, like for the next 10 plus years? Probably yes. If I had to put my finger on something. That's probably what it would be. But that said, look, it's getting 600,000 viewers and it's getting very lukewarm. I don't know the demographic. Looked at the, the rating demos before I make, we make this little bit of content. But I know about a year ago, like most of the people watching this were 40 plus years of age, 50 plus, basically just people who've watched WWE their whole lives, probably either retired or bored on a Tuesday night, he'll just watch this. And they don't really they're not the ones who are really engaging. They're not the ones really hyping up on social media. And then social media is just the people who watch wrestling 90 hours a week who are just watching everything. And that's really NXT's audience. So as far as the direction goes, Kevin, I I don't know, because people like us, we're not tuning in. We don't really care. Um we're we're more like we're content creators on this stuff. Casual-ish, we don't watch all the indie promotions, but we watch what's relevant. NXT is not relevant, so yeah, I guess I'll stay on the USA Network going forward still. But there's just not there's just such a lukewarm interest to this product. 
absolutely yeah it's kind of sad honestly but i guess we could kind of edit there but i mean it's just sad for me like as someone who was really invested in wwe and was watching wwe regularly when nxt was at its peak it was so fun you know and, and that brings me back to like a good time of being a wrestling fan in 2013, 14, 15, 16, NXT was better than the main roster for the most part. Yeah. I, I remember being more excited for NXT TakeOver, being more excited for like Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn or Finn Balor versus Samoa Joe. <clears throat> it, it just felt like that was like the wrestler's promotion. Like WWE was there for, you know, for the mainstream and to try to salvage whatever they can of mainstream credibility and do the biggest matches possible. Other than that, it was just treading water on Raw, but NXT, it felt like there was effort being made into the weekly shows, into the promos, into the stories. Now it just feels like an afterthought. Yeah, there was real thought, and I'm, I'm in the same boat. Like, back 2014, it was really 2014. NXT fan, I, I kind of lost interest once Bobby Rhodes and Nakamura, once those guys came in, and it just became a full kind of indie show. I, kind of tuned out i generally tune out of wrestling in 2016 it's not really just an nxt thing to be fair but 2014 15 i remember watching takeover our evolution the one in uh, the end of 2014 kevin owens first show i believe uh i think and he, yeah. yeah he turned on Sami Zayn, and they had that epic ending which we're recording this before the elimination chamber i think something similar is going to happen in montreal just going to say that but yeah, like it was an epic ending. You thought, oh my God. And all the booking week to week, it was one hour shows. You could tell there was thought that went into the tapings. Kevin, they taped four NXT shows. So they taped months worth of television at Full Sail University in one day. Wrestlers would have to play one match, a promo segment, and they'd do like a vignette or two. And that format really worked. It was like less was more. You weren't, they weren't overexposing wrestlers. Everyone, the main wrestlers felt interesting. New wrestlers got really good build and you understood who everyone was. It was just, it was a well put together show. And in a time when the main roster was Roman Reigns getting booed out of the building, Brock Lesnar not showing up, Cena starting to not wrestle as much. And that was about it. It was a great product to watch. But now it's just, what's NXT's place in wrestling? Yeah, that, that's the question at hand, pal. Well, now it's time to talk about Cody Rhodes and debate him and yell at each other. So, yeah, enjoy that oh, portion yeah. of the podcast, good, people. Pal. Yeah, over to that. that yeah, that's, that's a good discussion. Pal, are you ready to get to one Cody Rhodes? Oh, yeah, pal. This, this is going to be something. Um, we haven't recorded this yet, but I, I just I have the feeling, Kevin, that this one, whew, six weeks out from WrestleMania, talking about a guy who is at the moment doing some pretty good stuff, but has had a career of not main event worthy stuff. So Kevin, we're going to get right into that right now. Yeah. Well, well, the question ahead here is, is Cody Rhodes a legitimate main eventer? Now that has a lot of ways you could go about it. It's a loaded question, but I'll ask you personally, what do you think? Do you view Cody Rose is a main event star. And when I say that, I mean somebody that can headline WrestleMania, which he's doing this year. Somebody that can, the night after WrestleMania, come out on Raw, SmackDown, carry the show. And then week in, week out, be that guy that you can rely on that's at the top of the card, doing the, the Jimmy Fallon interviews, 
just essentially he's going to be taking over for Roman Reigns if he does win the championship at WrestleMania 39. Roman's been champion for what, like three years now? Almost three years? Mm-hmm. Cody Rhodes wins the, the double championship at WrestleMania 39. He's the guy. And now there's a difference between... I think there's a little bit of a difference between being like an upper an upper card guy, a guy that can main event a pay-per-view here and there, like a Kevin Owens, a guy you could put in, all right, Kevin Owens is going to main event the October pay-per-view this year. Mm-hmm. Between being the number one guy. Is Cody that guy? That's the, that's the million-dollar question. That's, that's the big one. Is Cody Rose the guy to fill Roman Reigns' void? Because we know once WrestleMania comes and goes, assuming Cody wins the titles, Reigns is taking months off. Reigns is having extended time off, and then he'll probably come back and work SummerSlam against Jey Uso, realistically, Kevin. So is Cody that guy? That's what I do have questions over, because there's no debate right now that what Cody's doing week to week is the most compelling thing on Raw. It's His segments are generally pretty good he hasn't really had misses like haven't been watching cody segments since he's returned really last year to wwe and gone that wasn't that great or eh, it was fine most of his segments you think that was really good so in that regard he's main event level in my opinion in the sense of his presentation i think he's main event level but kevin i have real trepidations over what you allude to there over the week to week carrying the show element I, I, I don't know about a WWE where week to week the main act is Cody and Reigns isn't in the picture. I think Cody's great as the chase guy right now. I think this works with him going, trying to gun down Roman Reigns, him sensing friction in the bloodline, him being the guy who can dethrone. The chase, I think Cody is made for this. I have real questions and real qualms over whether he's made for the next part winning the titles the moment that's great but carrying wwe in may when you're building up to wrestlemania backlash and you're having a match against finn balor for the titles i i really don't know about that kevin i really don't yeah i don't either i don't either i I think a lot of people are kind of in the same boat and we kind of saw a little bit of backlash start even at the royal rumble where it's like, okay, really? Cody's over 30. He's going to win. So predictable. Oh my God. Nobody wants to see this. You know, there's a little bit. Like, generally, I'd say, what, 90%, 95% of the fan base in WWE was like, okay, this is great. Cody's going to be champion. Potentially, Cody's going to face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. I like it. Cody winning Royal Rumble. Cool. But there was that 5% that was like, hmm, hmm. I don't know about this. Maybe more. I don't know. What do you think? You think, you think it's like, an, would you say it's a small minority or do you think it's bigger, a bigger portion of the fan base that is kind of sour on Cody? I think that <clears throat> percentage will grow significantly once Cody wins the titles. It always does. We saw this years ago and we've seen it for many years now where WWE has the baby face. It's always the chase is always the fun part. Think Daniel Bryan's yes movement, 2014. Think Kofi Kingston. 2019 like those are the big examples but wwe does this all the time they've done it with ziggler and really any like upper mid card for life sort of guy 
who's had the chase, had the big world title win, had the, the moment. And the question becomes, then what? And not to say right. that Cody Rhodes is going to have the, the world title run of Kofi Kingston or Seth Rollins, because that's insulting, but both of them were bad. Seth Rollins is coming out in man's man shirts, being a simp every week. And Kofi Kingston, I couldn't remember one thing that happened in that whole bill, a whole reign outside of Brock squashing him and all the fans on Twitter saying it was racist and then Randy Orton calling him stupid in like before SummerSlam. Th- that was that. So I'm hoping, Kevin, that Cody and everything that's encompassing him, the presentation, his promo work, which is legitimately good and way better than the other guys I've just mentioned, I'm hoping that that can be enough to make him a, to answer the question of the video, a legitimate main event guy. But Kevin, the question I'll ask you now, when Cody's on the screen, and I feel like you're best place to answer this because you've grown up in the ruthless aggression era. You've seen some of like the biggest stars wrestling's ever seen when they were full-time, week to week. Is Cody Rhodes the main event act? Is that enough does that fulfill you is the thought of cody being the guy really like turn you on so to speak like does that get you excited oh for more? Like, what, oh what's the guy that i love the way you word that but let, let me i'm gonna answer your question let me just add to what you said about the examples you posed about daniel bryan and kofi kingston being like the, the guy the main eventers the champions yeah daniel bryan won the both titles it was a great moment at WrestleMania 30, but you still had Cena, you still had Prime Brock, you know, Undertaker was still around here and there. There was a lot of star power to go around. Yeah, Daniel Bryan was the champion, but he was not the number one guy. Cena was still the guy, and Brock Lesnar was like a 1B in, in 2014. and 2019, Kofi was not the guy in the company, you know? If Cody Rose beats Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns is going to take time off, most likely. And then Cody is going to be the singular top star in the company. We, we don't have Cena around. There's no Undertaker. Brock Lesnar probably won't be around after his WrestleMania match with Lashley. It's going to be Cody, and he's going to be on both Raw and SmackDown, presumably. And he's going to be on every single week. It's not going to be like Roman, where Roman had that part-time schedule. Cody's going to be there every single week on both shows. Maybe he'll be defending each belt separately. He'll do like an open challenge or something. And it could go one of two ways. It could go um, it could go where it's like, okay, he's 2019 Seth Rollins. Or he could flourish and he could be like 07 or not 07, 05 Cena. And this could be the start of like a five plus year run of Cody as the top guy and there's no way to know how it's going to play out. A hundred percent, hundred percent. And when you compare and you look at what we've just talked about with guys like Daniel Bryan, I'm so happy you made that point with Daniel Bryan. When he won the belts and had the big WrestleMania moment, Brock broke the streak that night. So Brock was realistically the biggest star in the company because breaking the streak destroys winning the world heavyweight title that was like a mid-card title and a double year for six months by randy orton like breaking the streak destroyed that so brock was the biggest star cena was still there he was in a white family program for months and the biggest storyline most interesting thing at that time after wrestlemania was the shield and evolution 
having these epic six-man tags. So Brian was like the fourth biggest act on the show. Ha- having matches with Kane and segments with Stephanie, that was basically the third or fourth or fifth most interesting thing going on at the time. As you say, now when Cody, if and when he beats Roman, Roman will be out of the picture. The bloodline will be over on SmackDown. It'll be segments with Jey Uso and Jimmy Uso probably beefing. They might have some matches potentially, and they might do a breakup or probably Sokoa involved in that. That'll be the bloodline portion of the show over on SmackDown. And the main event, like the real main event picture, will be Cody on both shows, cutting promos, getting 20 minutes of TV time in the opening, and then 20 minutes of a main event match, and then a few segments during the show. And you'll see like an hour of Cody on Raw and SmackDown each. And is Cody good enough? To where that, that can be that, that can work is he roman because when you put roman on these shows with roman's character now and roman has segments every segment he does you think oh well, what's happening what the, what's going on but does cody have enough to him is there enough substance behind the american nightmare to whether that's going to be interesting and, and, and not and not just that sorry to cut you off but not not just no, that no, is does cody have enough to him can the fan base take him serious based on his past is there still a portion of the fan base that's going to look at him and be like, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I've been Kevin, watching him. And that's kind of where I fall in. Like, I've been watching the guys since, like, 07, since I was a kid. Like, that, that's, that's the big question. Will people be able to take him serious? That's a great point. And because right now, once again, it's the chase. The chase, this is always... With wrestling, especially with these big WrestleMania main event title matches, this is always the most, this is like the honeymoon phase of it all. It's once they have the big moment, there's the big climax of WrestleMania, and then after it, after the fact is how it gets defined because Seth Rollins, Kingston, all these guys we name, they've failed en masse when it comes to the real test, which is being the guy week to week. And Kevin, I love that you bring up you saying for many years, like Cody just, you know, being there almost. Him being near enough naked in 2009 as Randy Orton's lackey. Him shaving his moustache and giving eyebrow plucking tutorials as dashing Cody Rhodes. Him as the bag face IC champion. Like when I started watching, Cody was the IC champion and he was wearing paper bags because he had the face reconstruct or whatever they were trying to tell you on television or who can forget the road scholars that infamous tag team where damien sandow would come out telling you how much better they are than everyone and then they'd lose their match or Rhodes and sandow feuding over the briefcase that was okay cody in 2013 was a good mid-card upper mid-card guy but everything else kevin stardust and them never doing Stardust Gold Dust. And then he left and he also got released and he was in the Indies and there was some good stuff there. And then he's doing AW and he's a part of AW. Like, Kevin, I'll throw this back to you because you brought this point up. For you, seeing Cody for over a decade be a lower mid-card guy, plucking eyebrows, wearing bag faces, being Randy Orton's naked lackey, like thinking about that guy being the main event act week after week after week carrying both titles carrying both shows can you say that like how does that make you feel pal uh, i gotta give cody his due because like if you would have told me in 2009 when i'm watching wrestlemania 25 
I don't even know if Cody was on the show. I don't remember, but at that point, like, what, well, like, WrestleMania 26. Was it 26 when they had the triple threat match with Legacy? I believe it was. Yes. Yeah, so yes. if you're telling me back in 2010, like, you're telling, like, young me, hey, this guy, Cody Rose, in 13 years' time, he's going to be the biggest star in WWE. I would have said, nah, no way. I don't see it. Even then, in 2010. And we, even in 2010, we still didn't know what Cody was going to be. It was like, okay, this guy, he's a, he's a better athlete than his brother and his father combined. He's better technically in the ring. All that is fine and dandy. He's like the, the new era version of Dusty Rhodes. You know, he's good at all the modern things. Where Dusty was a great promo, a great storyteller, which he needed back in, in Dusty's day. That was everything. Entertainment was everything. Now, fast forward, Cody, everything. In-ring was everything, you know? But it was always like, okay, Cody doesn't have an ounce of the charisma that his father and even his brother have. That was always the, the thing about Cody. He tried so many different gimmicks. It didn't work. So I didn't think Cody would make it this far where he is now. I, I never would have saw this coming back in 2010, 2011. Especially as time went on <clears throat> and Cody's given like these upper main event upper mid-card main event spots with like Damian Sandow and the money in the bank and all that stuff. I was like, yeah, still, like, it's, no, after watching all that, like, there's no way Cody could carry the company. There's no way he could even be in conversation to carry the company at that. So I got to give him credit for what he's done. With that being said, though, I, I don't see it with Cody. I, I, I don't think he is the guy. I, I think... I think he's got to the level now where he could be a utility guy and be a main eventer when they need it. Like, okay, you know, Drew McIntyre is, let's say Drew McIntyre is WWE champion in like eight months. Okay, Drew McIntyre needs an opponent for TLC. Uh, put him in there with Cody. Yeah, Cody can main event a show like that. But if you're telling me Cody's going to be like 07 Cena carrying the company, I, I don't see it. And I don't know if that's an indictment as it is Cody, because I, I like Cody. You know, I enjoy what he does. Is that an indictment of Cody? I don't know. Is that a, an indictment of what the talent pool has become in WWE? Maybe. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I think it's that. I think Cody, because right now, compared to everyone else in WWE, obviously outside of the big G, Roman, the rest of the guys. It's I mean, Kevin Owens, it's Drew McIntyre, it's Sami Zayn, Gunther, you know, Montez Ford. Like, there's a bunch of good talent. I'm not saying they're bad, but there aren't those Cena type guys. There aren't those guys, Kevin, who you grew up on. You grew up watching an era where there was like a dozen, maybe more stars who were all legitimately interesting in their own way could all be main eventers for several months at a time and you wouldn't bat an eyelid. It'd be like, oh, this is, this is legitimately good. But with Cody now, the question I have is how much of what we're seeing right now is long-term sustainable as the top guy and how much is like a honeymoon phase because he's only been back really in WWE for a, a tiny bit. We haven't seen too much of Cody yet. And that's the worry I have. Once we start seeing too much of him, is and when is the turn going to come from the fan base? And is Cody up to the level of being able to go through that? I, I have real doubts whether he is, Kevin, but that's just me. Yeah, I, I don't think he's on the level of, of some of the guys that I grew up watching. 
Like you asked me, like like if, if he stacks up to the people from the the ruthless aggression era. I, I think if you take Cody Rhodes and you put him in like the 2004 roster, you take this version, the American Nightmare version of Cody Rhodes. I mean, you take the 2013 version of Cody and put him in 2004, he's getting future endeavored. You know, you take this version, the American Nightmare version, you put him in in 04, he's gonna be like a guy that's like he's gonna be like Edge at that time before Edge was a main eventer or like RVD. Just one of these guys, like, okay, like Cody, maybe, you know, maybe this version of Cody would be a great hand in the SmackDown 6. Having good matches with Chavo Guerrero, Eddie Guerrero, that era's Edge, Rey Mysterio. Yeah. But would this version of the American Nightmare be carrying the company? Or be in the mix as like a top guy? No, I think he'd be like in that RVD role where, you know, he's up a staple of the mid card scene, multiple time Intercontinental Champion. Multiple time United States champion, whatever mid card belt is around, tag team champion. Like, that's where this version of Cody would be in the 2000s, in my opinion. And Kevin, what I will say, you alluded to this earlier that obviously we, we just don't know yet. We haven't seen Cody's run as a top guy play out. We're only speculating on this with what we've seen in previous years. My one thing I will say is that with Triple H now writing the show, I have a bit more faith that it won't just fizzle out the same way Kofi did, the same way Rollins, the top guy, did, the same way most of these other guys from a similar background and situation played out. Like with Cody, Kevin, we could look back on this in two, three, five years and go, why why do we ever doubt that? Cody has had a, like, we could look back and say, Cody had a, an amazing run. He was champion for X amount of time. He had this great program, this great program, this awesome feud. He was the perfect guy to transition out of Roman Reigns' three years of utter dominance and greatness. Cody was perfect. And if that's the case, awesome, because that means we've had, Kevin, a couple of years of great television and great wrestling with Cody as the top guy. And basically, you'd call it the Cena role, the top babyface carrying the company. For, essentially. So if that's what happens, awesome. But based on what we've seen with Cody, I still have legitimate trepidations over it. I just want to see once once the honeymoon phase of this is over, wh- where Cody falls in the pecking order, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, like you said, we, we could look back at this three, four, or five years from now and say, yeah, wow, we were so wrong. I don't think we will. I, I, don't, think, I don't think we will. I mean, bro, we're talking about Stardust here. Like, <laughs> this mm-hmm. is Stardust. Come on. This is the same guy that, like, 10 years ago, people on Reddit forums were like, oh my god, Cody Rhodes needs to be a main eventer. That was like, are you out of your mind? You want this guy to be a main eventer? I don't know. Is it gone? Gone? I don't know. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see it. I, I don't think we will. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'll be wrong. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I don't know. I don't think we will. I think he's going to win the belt. He's going to have what? Who's he going to feud with? Sheamus, maybe Cody versus Sheamus for three months until they can maybe pluck Cena away for like a SummerSlam match, and then it's gonna be like, oh yeah, here comes Cody coming out crying about Sheamus, and people are gonna get sick of him. And, mm. and I don't think it's gonna work. Yeah, obviously, because right now he's working with Roman, so anything he he's involved in, because like Cody segments are like they're they're good. The, the Heyman thing was really good. The promo on Raw where he's pep talking Sami Zayn 
about the Roman match. That was that was quite good. I enjoyed that thoroughly. It's just, once again, as you say, when he's feuding with lesser lights, when Cody has a feud with Kevin Owens, when Cody's feuding for the over the WWE Championship and they do a match against, yeah, Sheamus, or when Cody's facing Drew McIntyre, or Cody's having the match against Gunther, is, is it going to be nearly as captivating? Now, Cody is, I will say, as far as the promo side of wrestling goes, he's one of the best in the business right now. His promos, the execution, delivery, what he says, how he says it, is damn good. It's one of, if not the best, in wrestling today. It's great. Oh, I want to ha- give hats off to that. It's cu- his promo work has come so far since he was cutting promos during the dashing gimmick or he was plucking nose hairs. It's come a long way, Kevin. But as the top star in a random program in the middle of June against Sheamus, is uh, I just I can't see myself caring. And if Cody and WWE and Triple H's booking makes me care, that's a real testament to the the, the greatness of that booking. Because I have real questions whether I honestly will if they're booking stuff like that. And, and we've seen it already. We've seen Cody. With no filter as a top guy at AEW. And it was good for what? Five months? Six months? A year? And then a year in, he's going off the rails crying about equality in Atlanta, Georgia. Like, nobody's going to want to see that. People hated him. People in AEW wanted him to go. They were booing him out of the building at one point. Just like, they, they didn't want him there. We've seen it. We've been there. Yeah, you could argue, okay, Cody, he's going to have better foil to work with compared to Anthony Agogo in WWE. But is he really? Is he really going to have that no, much better not. foil to work with? No, he's not. Who's that, who's that guy in WWE that Cody could tell a great story with besides Roman Reigns? Yeah, maybe Cena. If Cena wants to do a SummerSlam match with him or a WrestleMania match next year. But who else? Is it going to be Austin Theory? Or Kevin Owens? Like, you could picture this. In, in seven months' time, right? We're building up for whatever pay-per-view is in after SummerSlam. I can't remember the yeah, name right Clash, now. Clash of Champions or Clash of the Castle, Night of Champions, whatever. Yeah, we're, we're building up for Clash of uh, Clash of Champions. You got Cody Rose out there. He's cutting a promo on Kevin Owens, who's challenging for the title at, Cla- at Clash of Champions. You know, Cody Rose is telling some story about how he met a young Kevin Steen at a WWE tryout back in 09, and he shook his hand, and he's like, oh my God, I saw Kevin steen and i was like yeah that guy is gonna be money one day that guy's gonna be the future of wwe now look at you people are gonna be sick of that nobody wants to hear that nonsense 100 100 and th- that point about the foil is a damn good one because kevin when cody came into aw and the first year AW, who was cody's foil it was chris jericho they did a big storyline with jericho mjf a big storyline with mjf that took like combined almost a year. Like they feuded with Jericho for like three, four, five months. Feuded MJF for three, four, five months. Both of which really good foil. Like Cody could cut really interesting promos. When Cody got emotional in promos, you cared because the match actually meant something. Kevin, when Cody's getting super emotional, crying about how he met Kevin Steen in an ROH tryout in 2009, and Cody knew he was looking at the future of wrestling and he was proud of his journey and. When Cody's get literally crying on an episode of Raw over some Night of Champions match against Kevin Owens in the middle of September, it's not going to hit the same. 
Kevin, when he was feuding with Seth Rollins, that was one thing. Because Seth Rollins is arguably, in my opinion, outside of Roman, the best wrestler in the world. Seth Rollins can work a compelling match and program against absolutely anyone. So when he was doing that when he came in, it was really good because Rollins is fantastic and there's so much to work with there. And now with Roman, it's always going to be good because it's Roman. But once you get to pretty much anyone else, is it going to hit the same? And I struggle to see it hitting the same. I just do. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not like attacking Cody, like saying, oh, it's going to suck. Like, I'm coming from this uh, at the standpoint, like, okay, bro, we've seen Cody. He was the top guy in AEW. Yeah, he wasn't the AEW champion, but he booked himself like the top guy. He had the longest segments, the longest matches, the, the biggest buildup for any match. Regardless, he was going on last, the middle of the card, the opening of the card. Cody's matches in AEW were always built up over time. There was a lot of drama, unnecessary drama. Let's not forget his wife. You know, he had him crying over his wife, his wife crying. We had constant interference from the Nightmare family. And yeah, I know that none of those guys are around because Vince at the negotiating table was like, yeah, we don't want Brandy. We don't want QT Marshall. We don't want Anthony Gogo. We want none of those people. We just want Cody Rose, the American Nightmare. So I get it. None of those people are around. But still, is there another layer of Cody Rose that we haven't seen in, in over the past 15 years of him being on TV every week? Is there that other layer where he can just suddenly, all of a sudden bring people up to his level where he can take like a, I don't know, give me a random talent, take a ricochet. Can you take a ricochet and have a good four to six week build and tell a story with ricochet and then have that climax in a match at a pay-per-view in December? I don't know. Based on his track record, no, he can't do that. I I agree. And this role, which Cody is, Seeming like he's going to be in the top babyface of WWE role is a damn hard one to do. It really is. Cena, for most of his run, half the audience was just booing out, booing him out of the building, saying that they hate you. Cena sucks, and it was only because Cena was genuinely charismatic and he got over so well with the the kind of the younger audience, the the, the children audience, like the families. Cena clicked in that regard, so there was a, a fairly big portion of the audience who genuinely enjoyed him, that it kind of it balanced out. With Cody, is there going to be enough there? And to your point about the layers, when he's feuding with Austin Theory nine months from now and Cody's cutting promos, literally crying about a, a moment he was watching Theory in 2015 at an NXT show and Cody was, he, he was as stardust, he was depressed. And he felt like his life lacked direction. He saw Austin Theory in the gym at the Performance Center. And he thought, I need to work harder. And, and, and Cody fired by Theory and he respects him. So they're going to have a great match at TLC. When we get that, Kevin, and you, I, I love the point you brought there. When we got, had that in AEW, once he feuded with Jericho, once he feuded with MJF, and his foil was nowhere near the level of being worthy of these crying, passionate, emotional promos, Cody just became unlikable. You were thinking, why is this guy cutting a 20-minute promo crying over someone who's a lower mid-card? Why is he crying racism and a match about a go-go? Who cares about Anthony a go-go? Why is he cutting promos crying about Darby Allen? Darby Allen's just a guy. That's how it would feel. So that's the big point. I think that kind of ties everything together kevin i'll throw back to you in a moment cody's foil right now is great seth rollins roman reigns him on the chase to be the champion 
that's awesome. It's giving us some great content. It's fun to watch week to week on Raw, especially for the Cody segment. But when it's in May, when it's in October, when it's in December, it's when it's Theory, when it's Kevin Owens, when it's Gunther, is there going to be enough there? Is this Cody act going to get over with enough people and be interesting enough? That's the big question. I'll take it a step further. I want to see Roman beat him at WrestleMania. I don't want to see this. I don't want to see Cody in seven months crying over Ricochet. I don't want to see it. We saw it in AEW. It sucked. It was not good. I, I, yeah, I don't know. And, and, and the thing about Cena, to go back to Cena for a moment. One thing Cena had was charisma, which you mentioned. But another thing he had was self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And Cody displayed that he had zero self-awareness throughout during his AEW run as a top guy. And what I mean by self-awareness is Cena would come out and the crowd would chant, John Cena sucks. And Cena would egg him on, you know, come on guys, give it to me, you know, start doing like the old like orchestra, like drumming him up, you know, or he would do like the heel turn where he literally turned his heel. Like Cena would, would, would lay into like the fact that people hated him. He, he knew people hated him, you know, he knew that the kids and the women loved him. But he knew that the other portion of the audience hated him, and he would play up to that. Cody did not. People wanted to see Cody turn heel in AEW. No, we didn't. We saw the same thing over and over again. Just Cody coming out, white meat baby face. You know, he brings his buddy in, Jobber, Sean Spears. Okay, we got Cody feuding with Sean Spears. Wow. Okay. Oh, whoever. Cody's feuding with this guy. Cody's TNT yeah. champion again. Yeah, some good came out of that, like the match he had with Brody Lee, where Brody squashed him. Yeah, and he, t- and he went right. away. It was great. That was great. But it, but you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, I understand the point. I understand the point. And yeah, it, it, this is the conundrum. And I saw one thing I want to say. I saw John Morrison. We'll call it John Morrison, Johnny Mundo, whatever you want to call him. Morrison did a like an interview. One, not a shoot interview type, it was like a sit-down interview. And he was, he was talking about Cody Rhodes, and he made a point that I thought was fantastic. And it, it ties right into this self-awareness thing you talk about. If Cody wanted to be the top heel in AEW, he could have easily been the most hated heel in the company. He was already getting the reactions booed most of the time, particularly from late 2020 through until when he left at the end of 2021. Through 2021 particularly, Cody was booed he was by and large disliked by the masses of the fan base if cody wanted to be the bad guy if cody ronald's the person wanted to be that that heel he wanted to be hated by the audience he would have been despised he could have been by far the most hated wrestler in the company for and and that be his thing instead he wanted to be a good guy cody wants to be liked that's the thing with this guy. He wants to be unanimously cheered. I mean, in fairness, a lot of people do. But like, as the top star, he, as the top baby face, it's WWE. If your character's not super interesting, which, Kevin, let's be, let's be real here. What, what's Cody's character? He's the American Nightmare. What does that mean? Explain that to me. What is the American Nightmare? Is he, d- define that. That means he's the opposite of his father, the American Dream. That's all, like that's literally all it is. He has yeah, he has no depth of character. And, and I mean, that, is that a fair is that a fair question? Maybe not. Because you could say you could tell me, hey, what is John Cena? 
You know, and then what, what am I going to say? Oh, he hustled out to mm. respect C-Nation. You know, th there's only a few people where that question is, hey, define his character, where that actually works, like with Austin. You know, okay, Austin is the everyman. He hates his boss. His boss hates him, makes his life hell. Everybody can relate to that. Yeah. You could tell me, like, 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 what, like, look at Bret Hart. What's Bret Hart's character? What's the hitman? We, we don't see, <laughs> we don't see Bret Hart on the phone, like, hey, we, we, on the phone with, like, Jim Cornette, with Jim Cornette's like, hey, I'm, hey, Bret, I'm gonna give you $10,000. I want you to take out Mr. Perfect in the locker room. Take his knee out. <laughs> you know, we didn't see Bret Hart doing, like, hitman stuff like that. Yeah. But, Kevin, my point is, as the top star, every part of you gets analyzed and broken down like no one else on the show because you're getting it on the show. The show is written around you. And Cody, I, I just, I have real questions over whether there's enough, enough depth to him because what a lot of people hated about Cena was that there wasn't enough depth to him. And Cena is a guy who is a one of one. For 15 years, he was the face, the ambassador of WWE. He carried the company like no other. But for a lot of people, his message just didn't resonate. And a bunch of people tuned out because of him, especially the, the kind of the adult-y type fan base. And it was good for Cena that his message resonated with uh, enough people. But when I look at Cody, I just, I have questions because Roman is the top guy right now. And really most of the, the great top guys throughout wrestling history, particularly Austin, generally rock I mean Triple H when he was a main eventer for over a decade you know guys like that even Batista to an extent like Brock Reigns at the moment they're cool heels who are likable they're supposed to be I guess bad guys in the sense of the word but they're they're compelling they're interesting because it's, it's so much easier to make a great heel than a great baby face being a great baby face is really really hard to do well it's really hard to be liked, Kevin. It really is. And is Cody the guy who's going to you know, carry the company for a year or two, be that top guy? Because they're positioning him as he's the clear top babyface in the company. Is he good enough as a babyface? Is anyone good enough on the current roster to be carrying a company as the babyface? No, I don't believe so. Well, they, I don't they, think they, they had one, but they killed him. Yeah. That doesn't help. Yeah, they had one in McIntyre, and they were just like, all right, yeah. Yeah, this guy's gonna be job of the Jinder Mahal on Raw. I I don't know, pal. I don't know. I this is why I I want to harken back this just to me like Roman dick riding, but like you, a run like this, it's can people comprehend? This has been three years where yes, a few people on the the niche part of Twitter have said, "Oh, it's getting a bit stale." I'm bored, but by and large, SmackDown's ratings. From when Roman began this run three years ago to now, now SmackDown's getting 2.5, 2.6 million viewers. The, the Bloodline segment, like if it's a match, is getting like 2.7, 2.8 million viewers. Back then, SmackDown was barely getting over 2 million. And it was just kind of there on Fox and no one really cared about anything. So you look at that net success of Roman Reigns as this character, this fascinating Bloodline, Top G, Heel, Mafia Boss, Tribal Chief. With so much depth to it, and you compare that to oh, Cody cuts promos crying, and he's a baby face, and he's the nightmare, but he's a face. And it's like, oh, okay. Now, now let, let's be fair here for a second. Let's be fair to Cody. Cody was doing his own thing, by and large, unchallenged in AEW. 
Tony Khan was like, yeah, sounds good. Whatever you want to do. Great. But let, let's say in nine months' time, Cody goes to Triple H and he's like, all right, I'm going to be crying about how I met Ricochet at a gym in 2015 and Ricochet changed my life. <laughs> we, yeah. we would hope that Triple H would be like, hey, you probably shouldn't do that. You should probably, maybe you should do this instead. Tell the story this way. And my point being, like, will, will Triple H, Shawn Michaels, the powers that be at WWE, will they be able to give Cody some guidance and kind of protect him from himself in a way that he didn't have in AEW? You know, will, will, somebody, will somebody out there be like, hey, yeah, the crowd doesn't like you. Maybe you should stop doing that. Try something else. And, and I think that question is yes. I think that, that, that what's the word I'm looking for? That system exists in WWE and it's not there in AEW. So may, maybe, and maybe he learned from his mistakes that he made in AEW, like, you know, making the, the stipulation that he could never challenge for the AEW World Championship after he lost to Jericho. Kind of pigeonholing him to, into a spot where he's a main eventer, but he can't challenge for the main event title. Maybe we won't see stuff like that in WWE. I hope so. Kevin, was that one of the dumbest things AEW ever did? Having Cody, who was the main, basically the main star alongside, I mean, Jericho for the first two years of the company, pigeonhole himself that way and say he can never challenge it. Was that one of AEW's all time dumbest decisions? Yeah, absolutely. On a short list, yeah. Yeah, that, that ended up yeah. doing way more harm than good. Is that now you got like a, a Cody Rhodes feuding with Anthony and Gogo in 2021 with zero stipulations? People were sick of him as a TNT champion, so they couldn't do that. Yeah, just put yourself in a hole creatively. Put yourself in handcuffs, if you will. Damn right. Damn right. So, yeah, Kevin, any other points you want to make just surrounding this whole Cody thing? I, I think, uh, I mean, come WrestleMania, it's going to be a, a really good main event with Roman Reigns. The match is going to be great. The storytelling is going to be excellent. It, it it just works, this dynamic right now. It's making for some great television week to week, mainly with the bloodline and Cody being the the one who's standing up and he sees the chinks in the arm and he's going to give it his all come WrestleMania night and give everything he can and complete his own story and take out the bloodline and fulfill his redemption arc and everything like that. But as the top guy in WWE, Kevin. I, I guess that's just that, that's just the whole what we're trying to say here. There's a lot of a lot of lot of question marks with this guy, and can he be the the flag bearer? Triple Kevin, the one thing I will say, Triple H running the show makes me a lot more confident. If Vince was writing the show, Cody would probably win a WrestleMania, and then it'd be just Kofi Kingston, it'd be Seth Rollins, it'd be something like that. But Triple H is writing it. I have faith that. Going forward, he'll, as you say, put some sort of like leash on Cody, I hope, and try and get the best out of this guy because there's some genuinely really good talent there. Promo work can be amazing when it's really on, but it can be cringe. It can be bad. So, yeah, here's the hoping that Cody has a good run. I do. Yeah, I hope I'm wrong. I hope Cody proves me wrong. I really do. Like I said, it's nothing against Cody. I'm just going based off a track record, and we've seen him already for 15 years. He's been in, in, in and around mainstream television, mainstream televised wrestling for 15 years, and we haven't seen it. We haven't seen that extra oomph, that extra it factor. 
So I hope he proves me wrong. I hope he does develop that extra layer. Because it's better for us if wrestling is good. But I'm very nervous about what a, a WWE could look like with Cody as the undisputed top guy. Yeah, I, I pray it doesn't become what we alluded to, where Cody's just on both shows with both belts. You, ha- you see Cody for like 45 minutes or an hour on each episode, SmackDown every week. Meanwhile, Roman Reigns is off just chilling, just being part-time, not, not wrestling. It'll, it'll make us all, I think, elevate Roman Reigns and he, where he stands. I'd say death like all time, but when Reigns is fully part-time, he's just not on the show. A bunch of us are going to go, oh, my God, we need Roman. Roman is so good. We need Roman back now. That's what a lot of people are going to be saying. So, yeah, just I okay, once again, I hope Cody, we look back in a, a year, two years, three years, even three months and go, oh, my God, we made that video. We, we had questions about that. Like, Cody's excellent. He's in this great storyline against, I don't know, Gunther. And it's really fascinating. Oh, Cody's having a great program at Cena. Cody's doing this great stuff with Edge. Like I, I hope, I really do that. That's what happens. But there are lots of questions there, and we, we just have to address them in a format like this. Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, if you guys uh, enjoyed this topic and you want to hear more of this content, let us know. I think this was a good one. We went kind of long. We went about forty minutes on Cody Runnels. Hopefully, everyone enjoys this, and we'll talk to you on the next one. Peace.